0: This is Sound and Vision on KEXP. The educational cartoon short series Schoolhouse Rock turned 50 years old this year. KEXP's Eva Walker caught up with one of the songwriters and performers of the program, Lynn Ahrens, to talk about the music of the show and the
1: show's legacy. A noun's a special kind of word. It's any name you ever heard. I find it quite interesting. A noun's a person, place, or thing. A noun is a person, place, or thing. So
0: hello, Lynn. Thank you so much for speaking with me uh, here for KEXP. Schoolhouse Rock is absolutely legendary. I was born in 1989, but I do remember in grade school, our teachers pulling out videos of Schoolhouse (laughs) Rock, which I believe they probably taped off of their televisions at home at the time. And um, it's, it's such an honor to be talking to you. I'm 33 years old now, and this is just, this is a absolute pleasure for me. So my first question for you is how did you get involved in writing for Schoolhouse Rock and um, where were you in your career at the time?
1: Uh, I didn't have a career at the time. I had just graduated from college and I moved to New York and I took I answered a classified ad in the New York Times, went for an interview at an advertising agency and they hired me as a secretary. So I was in the middle of a copy department in a major New York advertising agency. And you know, I was making coffee and doing typing and all the things that young women did in those days. And um, I was bored. So I would bring my guitar into work. And on my lunch hours, I would write songs. And um, one day, one of the um, principals of the agency stopped by a very tall man named George Newell. And I thought he was going to tell me to put the guitar away and fire me. But in fact, he said, "You know, we're producing a children's show called Schoolhouse Rock. Would you be interested in trying to write a song for it? I hear you write songs. And it was one of those moments when fate just points at you and says, this is your big chance. And that was the beginning of um, my songwriting career, because they loved the first song that I wrote. And then I wrote another and another and another. And I sang a lot of them. And I became, you know, part of that schoolhouse rock family. And, you know, I've moved on since then, to do all sorts of songwriting, including, you know, now a career in theater. But at the time, it was the biggest break you could possibly ask for just the universe, the clouds parted, and there was a an actual television show and somebody was offering me a chance to write a song for it. So that's how that happened.
0: I read in my research and I didn't realize is that you wrote the music for Anastasia. That's incredible. Me and my sister and my mom and my grandma all used to sing those songs.
1: You're, you're a Anastasia, as we call you. <laughs> yes, that was so
0: freaking cool yeah. when I saw that. process work writing for Schoolhouse Rock? Were you assigned songs or did you choose the topics that meant the most to you? And um, did you find the process generally easy or was it a, a bit difficult?
1: They had several different series at the time. They had already done multiplication uh, rock
0: elementary my dear two times six is twelve elementary my dear two times seven is
1: fourteen and they were moving on to america rock they called it and it was every song had to be about you know america in some way history or politics or whatever and so we knowing the overall sort of catchphrase for the series we were then Pretty free to pick our own topics. And I think the first one I did was the preamble. And I set the basically set the preamble to the Constitution to music. And, you know, that was the one they fell in love with. We the people, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility. After that, I did No More Kings. The pilgrims sailed the sea to find a place to call their own. And their ship, they flower, they hope to find a better home. And Great American Melting Pot, and all these things that had to do with American themes. The
0: lovely Lady Liberty with her book of recipes, and the finest one she's got the Great American Melting Pot. The Great American Melting Pot.
1: When they moved on to Grammar Rock, you sort of grabbed your favorite. Parts of speech, I grabbed interjections. Interjections. Hey! Yeah! Emotion, Ouch! They're generally set apart from a sentence by an exclamation point or by a comment when the feeling's not as strong. So, you know, it really was up to us to decide what we wanted to do and how to do it. And then they either bought the song or they didn't. But, you know, I I, I kept selling songs to them and, and became a part of that original Schoolhouse Rock family, which was incredible.
0: That's amazing. There's something about learning, especially American history, to music. And I'm pretty sure I saw Schoolhouse Rock first, as as I said, as an elementary school kid. Mm -hmm. But I think that later helped me be able to get into more sort of... um, American history type songs. For example, my sister had to learn the Declaration of Independence for high school when I was a kid. And what she did was my mom gave her Fifth Dimension record and played the Fifth Dimension version of the (laughs) Declaration of Independence. And I know the Declaration because of that Fifth Dimension song. (laughs) We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal
1: you don't realize that these things just stick in your brain, you know, these little earworms. And I think that was the original premise of Schoolhouse Rock, actually. The president of that agency, a guy named uh, David B. McCall, uh, had five kids and they could not remember their times tables, but they could remember the lyrics to songs all yes. the time. And it was his brainchild to kind of marry education with pop music. and And that's how the whole series was born
0: absolutely and uh we all know now how a bill's supposed to be
1: <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> yeah oh my gosh that 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 one i did not write that one that but it has become so famous and has been parodied so many times you know on youtube and everywhere else it's, it's such a wonderful piece <laughs> i'm just a bill yes i'm only a bill and i got as far as capitol hill well now i'm stuck in committee and i'll sit here and wait while a few key congressmen discuss and debate whether they should let me be alone i hope and pray that they will but today i am still just a bill
0: so you wrote quite a lot of songs for Schoolhouse Rock. I have yep. a list in front of me. My goodness, I think I have about, and this could be this, probably more, but I have about 21 songs in front of me that um, I know that you were involved in.
1: It sounds close to close to right.
0: They range from a noun as a person, place, or thing, interjections, the tale of Mr. Morton. Um, and even if you didn't sing on them, you you wrote them. So I included all that in the list. No More Kings, the preamble that you mentioned, Elbow Room, Fireworks, The Victim of Gravity, Interplan. <laughs> Janet Jane, I mean, the list goes on. What is your favorite?
1: I like Interplanet Janet a lot for some reason because everybody says that I am Interplanet Janet. they're all equally beloved um, and and you know there are funny little things about them like in a noun is a person place or thing there's a there's a voting machine in the animation and my name is there and my husband's name is there and they're both misspelled so you know, it's a piece of trivia for the fans out there yeah
0: yes that's an Easter egg for us now <laughs> totally a
1: special kind of word it's an name you ever heard I find it? Quite interesting, a, noun's a person,
0: place, or thing. Oh, when writing these songs, things, things, what steps did you take to ensure that the kids watching would be able to understand the information being taught?
1: You know, kids are so smart. And one of the things that I learned was that you could never write down to them. You just wrote something that you enjoyed and that adults would enjoy and kids would follow closely behind. They just, there was never any thought to, you know, what what they might be able to understand. I mean, you know, you're, you're careful of language and that sort of thing. But, you know, basically, we just, we just wrote what we wanted to write. I mean, at the time, I am an untrained composer. I never took music lessons. And I taught myself to play piano and taught myself to play guitar. And at the time, I knew about five chords, but I have a good sense of melody. So I would make up melodies over those five chords. And I think because I was limited musically in what I could do, the songs were very accessible. You know, they were very hooky. And I think kids kind of glommed onto them because of that, because they were simple and they were direct and they were fun. You know, they just communicated well. So, you know, I think that's all you have to do to be able to reach children.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that um, stood out for me uh, in Schoolhouse Rock, especially rewatching it as an adult, uh, celebrating the 50 years of it. It's the same reason why I'm such a big fan of things like Sesame Street and things like that. And Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood is the the topics being covered, but also the diversity within, within yeah. Schoolhouse Rock. And I really enjoyed um, learning about, when I was learning about the different ones, like one of my favorite ones is Verbs, which was, I think, the second one to feature an African-American superhero. I'm Black you can't see me because my camera's off, <laughs> but um <laughs> but like things like that, you know that sticks out to a kid uh seeing a, a young sure. African American kid seeing a, a black superhero and and talking about you know verbs and things like that and i and I love that about schoolhouse rock and talking about women's movement and things like that
1: all of that they were very ahead of their time, i think and and you know the the agency McCaffrey and McCall was an incredibly. Liberal agency, what which is was surprising in the seventies. You know they they did a campaign, a a, a free campaign called "Unsell the War," and it was to try and end the Vietnamese War and stuff like that. They were they were really ahead of their time. And one of my favorite ones that I wrote actually is um, "Fireworks," and it's sung by Grady Tate, who is a a great was a great drummer, um, but also a good singer. And George Newell, who originally invited me onto the show, was a jazzer, and he knew Grady Tate as a as a jazz drummer, and knew that he could sing. And so he invited Grady to sing "Fireworks." And and every Fourth of July, I send it around to all my friends the little YouTube of it because <laughs> because I love it so much. And it and it really seems ahead of its time now when you when you see when you hear a black man singing about the founding of america that's as it should be you know absolutely and yeah so
0: that's just incredible
1: yes and now to honor those first 13 states we turn the sky into a birthday cake they got it done oh, yes, it is. the declaration of uh-huh, uh, the declaration of independence oh, yes. in 1776 oh, the continental congress said that we were free we have the right of life and liberty, and the pursuit of happiness.
0: What do you think about the legacy and longevity of this collection? What are you most proud of?
1: Just to still be here? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I, I think I'm the last, the last one of the original um, songwriting team, and I, I think the show will outlive us all by, by many, many, many years. It's so universal. It's beloved. You know, I write my theater bio and, you know, you talk about your awards and the shows you've done and blah, blah, blah. And I've taken to putting Schoolhouse Rock into it because that's the thing that people are most excited by. You know, you did Schoolhouse Rock and they can be kids, they can be teenagers, they can be adults, um, they can even be older people. So many generations have grown up on that show. It makes me feel, you know, like 100 years old, although... You know, I really am not, but I'm so proud of that. And I think that, you know, somehow together there was this synergy and this sort of magical luck that created this little show that I think is going to live pretty much forever. They just had a big 50th anniversary show commemorating Schoolhouse Rock on ABC. And, you know, it's just quite wonderful to be included and, and and to see new interpretations of the songs by new artists. That's also another thing that's so great is, you know, people are turning them into rock songs and, you know, bands are recording them and they're, they're being sampled in, in rap songs. And, you know, it's, yeah. it's quite, quite fun.
0: Yeah, it's most famously uh, De La Soul sampled Three's a Magic Number right now, yes. and I love that song.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly.
0: Maybe you can subtract it, you can call it your lucky partner, maybe you can call it your adjective, but odd as it may be, without my one and two, where would there be my three Makes possibly me, and that's the magic number. What does it all mean? And what is your favorite song on the collection or on the compilation, compilation collection that you didn't write?
1: Oh, I think three is a magic number. When I heard that, it blew my whole conception of songs apart in a certain way because it's so poetic. When you, you know, three is a magic number. It's the, the heart and the soul and the body, the trinity. You know, it's he, he tapped into something so universal. The melody is so delicate. I just love it. Just love it. That's, that's my favorite, really.
0: That's Lynn Ahrens, an original songwriter and performer for Schoolhouse Rock, speaking with KEXP's Eva Walker. Three is a magic number. Yes, it is. It's a magic number. Somewhere in the ancient mystic trinity, you get three as a magic number. The past and the present and the future, faith and hope and charity, the heart and the brain and the body, give you three That's a magic number. That was Sound and Vision. Please take a moment to subscribe, rate and review this podcast, and consider giving a one-time $20 donation to help support this show at kexp.org sound. Thanks for listening.